With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of two pros and a couple Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. So I got to live vicariously through you guys because I wasn't there. And majority of people listening to this right now have to live vicariously through you guys because I don't know how this landed for anybody else on the outside looking in. But Saturday and the buildup for Michigan-Penn State there in State College and the is Jim Harbaugh going to make it to the game, will they get the temporary restraining order on the you know suspension for the final three games of the season, it was Harbaugh watch, he's 10 minutes away from the stadium, he can be there. It was phenomenal television. Like I couldn't get enough of it. And I'm just wondering, what was the, what was that place like there at ground zero with all of that drama going on even before the game kicked off. I mean, Var, how do you view it from the Penn State perspective of it? Uh, it was excitement, a ton of excitement. Uh, I think the the energy that I felt on Saturday before calling the game was, was really uh, an environment of Happy Valley was going to go crazy when – not if, when we beat Michigan in our stripeout game. You know, we had the fighter jets fly over. We, we, I mean, we pulled out all the stops. You know, there were a lot of, a lot of activations there. It was, it was a ton of excitement. And I think there was a, no, I know there was a ton of optimism um, that you could feel. Like it was just very, very heavy. The, the amount of energy and electricity surrounding the game was you know it was it it actually was so much I think there was so much fun being had that you could tell that the stands hadn't even filled up by by the kickoff like they were still getting lubed up in the tailgates to go in and watch Penn State win that game so you know it was it was a great atmosphere it was a great energy and it was certainly if you're a Penn Stater it was a great just as great a letdown I I can give you the perspective um like unbiased kind of broadcast was we literally went into that day not knowing what the show would really look like (laughs) I mean so once the once the TRO the temporary restraining order was filed after Tony Petiti the commissioner for the Big Ten came down with the suspension there was various sources saying that once they filed the TRO, they thought that they could get a judgment on it in time for Harbaugh to be there on the sideline. And what became kind of a twist to the story that was interesting was Pat Kraft, the athletic director of Penn State, said, look, man, if he walks down, we're not getting in the way. Like We're, we're not going to put ourselves or inject ourselves into this controversy where we're going to bar – Jim Harbaugh from walking on the sidelines, even if they don't get the TRO through. So we're kind of sitting there on the outside saying, well, our entire rundown, which is like our our show game plan, if you will, we don't really know what we're going to do because because of this decision now, that's obviously what we're leading the show off with. But at any point in time, they could get a ruling on this, potentially allowing Harbaugh to be there. 
And then that's going to change how you look at this thing. I mean, you're probably trying to find cameras on Harbaugh coming into the stadium. You know, it, it's going to be like a WWE <laughs> event, right? He's going to so be walking, walking out from behind like the villain. And, oh, here he comes. And so meanwhile, you're, you're trying to do this. The show where, like, you're you're talking about all what's going on in college football. There's a lot of big games that were going on, and yet the centerpiece to all of it was like, what's going to happen with Jim Harbaugh, and how is this going to impact or not impact the game? So it was one of the most interesting, I guess, shows that I've been a part of, only because for the most part, studio shows are really scripted. You know, eighty to ninety percent of what you put in is getting in. You know, where when you call a game, it's like 80 or 90% of your prep goes out the window. Because once the game starts, it starts, and there's injuries, and there's twists, there's turns, and things that you just have to follow the game. And so you've got to be prepared in everything else you do and prepared really to react. So that was an instance where, like, it was, you're, you're like, kind of flying by the seat of your pants with each segment saying, like, all right, what's the update now? What's happening now? There was lawyers involved. Right, there's people trying to give you their their legal interpretations. You're trying to understand legal interpretations. You know, like my my thing was from the people that I talked to who are attorneys, and then my experience being a player during the lockout and wanting to educate myself then on the the granted um, kind of separate and, and how that worked out, but with with filing injunctions, is these sorts of things do not clear themselves up fast. Judges don't want to rule on something that doesn't, one, even if it's of serious nature, they don't want to make a, a judgment or ruling on something without what they feel like is due process. And what what became the catchword or catchphrase over the course of Friday, Saturday was Michigan's not getting the due process they deserve with the NCAA investigation and the Big Ten and their punishment. And I think if you looked at the judicial system, they didn't want to do that as well. And so they weren't going to rule on it. I know everyone felt like they had the judges lined up and they you know, had Michigan backgrounds and that's what was going to happen. It, it was never going to happen. Like that's, that sort of thing takes time, whether it was deflate gate or the lockout, like all, all those sorts of decisions take time. And so I kind of was pretty skeptical of Harbaugh ever being involved in any capacity and was kind of thinking to myself like, at some point, too, as a head coach, you got to sit back and go, like, am I being the distraction for my team by showing up, whether I can or cannot? Like, at some point, the haze in the barn, I've got to let Sharon Moore do his job as the interim head coach, and my players and my staff focus. The game plan's in place. It really just comes down to a few critical decisions you're going to make and some adjustments. And, and that was what I thought was kind of most interesting, but... Man, I'll tell you this much. The atmosphere in Happy Valley is unique. It's not. It's unlike anything else I've been a part of now going there two years in a row. The stripe out is ridiculous. The fans, the students, ridiculous. The, the setting, ridiculous. I mean, it is one of the coolest places. And you see why people love it and are so passionate about it and VAR why you are. Every time we go, I'm like, that, that place is special. It really, really is. So... It couldn't have been any bigger stakes along with the drama. I know it's a long-winded way of, of putting it, but it was one of the coolest things that I've, I've really been a part of. Um, I should say cool, but more unique things I've been a part of. Interesting signage, too, as well. Uh, some of the messaging on some of the signs. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> dude, even Matt Canada can't get away from... <laughs> there, there was probably Canada. four different Fire Matt Canada signs. I'm like, geez, dude. I know we're in Pennsylvania, but like... Like, this poor guy can't even – like, in a big matchup between Michigan and Penn State, he can't even get away there. Like, I'm sending – I sent you guys a picture of it, but there was a sign, Matt Leinert's trying to make a point, and there was a sign behind him that just said, Jim Harbaugh cheats on his wife. It's like, yeah. I had no oh, business geez. being there. And just people letting it fly before the game. Should be the proud, si- And some of these signs, they, oh. they got to take down sometimes, you know, depending on <laughs> – what they say, <laughs> trust me. There, there's some really good signs that never make the light of day on TV. So it's it's always fun it to see what these these kids come up with, man. Let man. let it fly during the game. How about that? Because <laughs> well, they that, certainly and, and, no and that, one was letting it fly during the game. Go go ahead, open up because I I've, on, I told Mar. you back when they lost to, to Ohio State. I've watched this offense for a, a period of years now with Mike Yursich, and people were, like here's the reality: is people are going to get on. James Franklin for the management of that game. Like I thought going for two early, poor decision. 
it's 14 to nine. Like, what's the point of going for two in the first half like that? That made no sense to me. And then when they do decide to go for two, and you can have a debate about, you know, hey, you're, you're down, what, 24 to 15 at that point. Does it make sense to go for two at that moment? Well, one, your earlier decision to go for two ended up playing an impact on that decision. And then the swinging gate, that's the play you go with? I just, like, there were so many times when I looked at the falter of Penn State and not being able to beat Ohio State and win a Big Ten championship or beat Michigan, win a Big Ten championship. It had to do with their offense. Last time they won the Big Ten championship, Joe Moorhead was their play caller. He's phenomenal. And they they beat Ohio State and won the Big Ten one year. They lost by one the next year, like – and he's the head coach at Akron now, so you know it'd be hard to maybe pry him away and get him back. But it'd be worth giving him a call, man. Like throw a bunch of money at him and see if you could bring him back. The quarterback, the talent, that team is too good offensively and defensively not to miss this window of opportunity. And Because I really do feel like the decision that James Franklin made was in part probably the pressure on him, but also much needed and unfortunately too late for this season. Yeah, it's too late. That's That's certainly... You know, certainly the, I mean, the the easy, easy response to it. I just thought it was, it was, you know, you had a defense that was playing their hearts out. And listen, the run, there were a couple big run plays that that they they allowed to, to happen during the game. But, you know, largely well, they, the, they the, played the, the really run, well. Let's be real. That's two years in a row now Michigan's just run the ball down their throats. Yeah, I mean, they, at like times. We, not even at times. Like, they rushed for over 200 yards. That's by far the most Penn State's given up all year. Uh, I'll push back and say at times. It was it was not consistent. They weren't consistently running it down their throats. It was – there were moments, like maybe the second half or second quarter, they had some really, really good runs. There were some good runs in the third and maybe one or two, a few in the fourth. I mean, it was – it wasn't like year before. It was not like it no, was they, way they didn't more rush for 400 than yards like the but year before. Th- yeah, they didn't rush for 400 yards but they they surely they rushed didn't throw for the, the most ball. Penn... <laughs> they didn't need to. And I and I think that's actually probably the more damning thing was when you rush for 227 yards, which is still a lot. And I don't care who you are and you've only given up I think on average 60 per game before that. That's a lot. That's four times almost your average of the season. Yeah. And and then and by the way, you won 32 straight running plays with the exception of one DPI that you give up for a first down, that that's it, though. Like, that's probably more damning than giving up 418 last year. It's that at home you give up to the point where it was a one-dimensional team and you couldn't stop it. So that's where I'd push back and say, yeah, you might say there's a few big runs here and there, but the reality is they never stopped them running the football. Yeah, but the score – was reflective of the opportunities. And I still think that the defense played at a level that 100% if the offense had did more that it would have been it would have been a different game. I mean, if you're going three and outs, you know, as rapidly and as quickly as as Penn State was going and just not really showing any type of of hope. Like there there you looked at it and it was like there wasn't like you're trying to figure out like me and my couple of my former teammates, you know, we were talking about is like, what is the, what's the, the game plan in this? And it's like, what are you looking at? The one play didn't set up another play. There was no real logic in the passing tree. Like what, what, what routes are they running? Like what, what are you setting up? I'm glad you're saying this now. Cause I I texted this to you earlier this season with my frustration. Cause I feel like they're wasting the offensive talents time. That's how I feel watching. It was, it was I mean, the stats don't lie. And, and, and when you're talking about your number one receiver, and this is just, this is me being, being critical and being an analyst. This isn't me being, you know, a fan and a homer. But when you look at Keandre Lambert-Smith, and he has one catch for six yards, even, even if you call a bad game. Drew Aller had one for four. <laughs> well, he had a little bit more than that. Well, no, he had one catch for four. One yards. catch. Well, yeah, he had. <laughs> so a he catch. had, he yeah. had many yeah. catches, and it was a, and it was a big and it was a big catch. Yeah, it was a big catch. Um, I thought you were talking about his yardage. That no, no, no. Or no. I haven't made it. No, he had um, seventy because you know 
because they didn't have to throw the ball in the second half, uh, Michigan. But I, I just, I think being critical from a critical eye, when you're when you're playing against a team like Michigan, and and by the way, the way we were playing, the way Penn State was playing early on, you could clearly see that if there was some success that they had, that it could have been a good it could have been a good day for Penn State. But they slowly, they slowly allowed Michigan to to gain confidence. They they made some good plays, some timely plays. JJ McCarthy, um, he running probably hurt us the most with yeah. his with his legs more so than even the running backs. And we just we didn't win third downs. Well, and 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 it turned into a what is our defense doing because we were. You know, there was not a lot of hope in what the offense was going to bring to the table. So I don't know, man. It just felt really one sided and lopsided. I mean I mean Corm did go for 145 and two tutties. So I, I don't I mean JJ had a couple runs that, that helped convert, but I, I would say this. I thought Penn State was gonna was gonna win that game after Abdul Carter came up and popped Blake Corm. Yeah, the fumble. Yeah. Man. I, I know and I'll say this much. That was one where when you watch that hit, and I was right there on the sideline, I was probably 10 yards back from where the hit took place. I thought Blake Corn was knocked out. It looked like when he got popped, that ball came out, and he went kind of limp. And I was watching to see how it was going to be handled. And that's where, like, the dad in me comes out as far as, like, player safety, where I'm like, man, you saw how busted up his face was after the game? Yeah. That came on that hit, I'm pretty sure. And... I don't know if he got checked for a concussion or not, but he he definitely should have in that case because mm. it looked like it looked like he was kind of dazed and confused out there for a minute before obviously he was able to turn things back on. So uh, that was that point where I thought, man, Penn State's got all the momentum, the crowd is nuts, and it's loud and everything else, and it was just a slow, methodical. And you got to give you got to give Shrone more credit. Because if you're an interim head coach, a play caller, O-line, like you could have easily said, hey, J.J. McCarthy's been opening things up this year. We could try to take some shots. Down. He was just like, no. Like what would, what would Jim Harbaugh do? Jim Harbaugh would do exactly what he did and keep playing it kind of tight, running the football, limiting possessions, like just playing that same type of battle and game. And that was, that was the, the thing, the you know, shining moment for me is, Seeing Sharon Moore, a guy who got his opportunity, he he did a great job in that instance. You could see the emotions too, and he understood how big that win was. I also thought it was Running nice. Running down Katron was crazy though. I, I also Grant's play. Yeah, the D lineman. Yeah. I thought it was nice that uh, they bookended the broadcast with uh, curse bombs on the air from Charles Woodson and then Sharon Moore after the game. It was well yeah. done. Yeah, well yeah. Done. They definitely <laughs> let him go. The most the most <laughs> awkward thing that happened was the flyover happened. Like they did, must have done a test it run or late. something early. Was, no, 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 no. They, so they did one when our show was on, probably about two hours before the game kicked. Yeah, I saw that. And Woodson at one point just paused, was like looking up, looking around, like. I don't know if he thought there was an issue or something was going on, but it was like, yeah, like we can hear it where we're at, but that doesn't necessarily always make it onto air. And so he just kind of paused, was looking around, and like, then it became so awkward you had to acknowledge what was happening, at least for the viewers at home. Um, you do least... realize they were late. They were late. No, no, like, they yeah, for the, the for national the, anthem. For the national anthem, yeah. 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 No, I'm, I'm talking about like, before that, like though. two, three. Yeah, I, I, I saw him go by early. Yeah. But they were they were like two three minutes literally like two or three minutes late flying by after the national anthem had finished up. I was like, oh god, I hope this isn't, you know, yeah. an indicator of what's, what's going to gonna happen. Out. Yeah, man, um, it kind of was. Well, it was uh, it was uh, listen entertaining as hell to watch. Uh, sorry, Bar, but at least you got some uh, some hope and optimism. Sorry, Bar, just saying. Yeah, I apologize, it's all good, man. Um, it is two pros and a cup of Joe here on Fox Sports Radio. LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you. So coming up next here from the Tyrac.com studios, we could be on the verge of seeing something in the NFL that we haven't seen in like 70 years. Seriously. We'll get into that this for you like right here. like 70 years? Yeah, on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
listen to comeback stories i'm darren waller you may know me best as a tight end for the new york giants you may also know me for my story of overcoming addiction and alcoholism you may have heard a few of my tracks as an artist or a producer and you may have seen the work that i've done through my foundation and you may know my friend and co-host donnie starkins as well he's a mindfulness teacher a yoga instructor a life coach a man fully invested in seeing people reach their fullest potential. And we've come to form this platform of comeback stories to really highlight not only our own adversity, but adversity in the lives of well-known guests with amazing stories. Catch us every week on Comeback Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trip of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. We made mention of this quickly earlier. But there is the potential of this actually happening. We've not seen it since the 1950s, but a rookie winning MVP in the NFL. And C.J. Stroud is at least in the conversation. Another fantastic performance yesterday. Yeah, it was a bad pick late. But engineered the game-winning drive for the Houston Texans to go down and win that game in Cincinnati He did it last week, as we mentioned and talked about, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he has been lights out 
Uh, we've talked about the rookie of the year odds. I mean, it's over. Um, C.J. Stroud's going to win that going away. But what he has done for the Houston Texans and for that organization, they are light years ahead of what anybody thought they were going to be projection-wise before the season started. He's second in the league in passing yards. He's thrown for over 800 yards the past two weeks, led him to two epic comebacks. He's thrown 15 touchdowns to just two interceptions. And and, and this, like, so offensive rookie of the year is over. Maybe MVP if he stays on this path right now. They were playing without Nico Collins, who's been good for them. But, I mean, look, the, the conversation then, and it, it started a few weeks back when they squared off Houston versus Carolina. And then now it's kind of continued the past couple of weeks. Like, the thing that I think has showcased itself is when you looked at C.J. Stroud coming out of Ohio State, he was lethally accurate, and in particular, lethally accurate down the field. And that wins in the NFL. Like, his play from the pocket, the way he can move within the pocket, make throws, and how accurate he is, and his decision-making was all on display. It's why he was taken number two overall and was in the conversation for number one overall, I'm sure, with the brass there in Carolina. The interesting thing is the team that's around him. Like, this sneaky is like a good roster. Tank Dell has been phenomenal. D'Amico Ryans is their head coach. It should be up for coach of the year right now. I mean, if the playoffs start today, they'd be a playoff team. They'd be the seventh seed right now in the playoffs if the playoffs started today. So it, it's kind of crazy to think about, A, where this AFC South is, because they might be the best team in the AFC South. I was about to say, I was waiting to see if you were going to say that. They could yeah. possibly win it. They could win their division. And and that would be, to me, I think that would you would have to have grounds to give um, a, a award to C.J. Stroud, possibly with, you know, with the player, the MVP award. Well, and, I mean, and D'Amico, that for that team, matter. Yeah, and, and think oh, about absolutely, that. absolutely. I mean, you so go from how many wins did they have a year ago? It wasn't many. Uh, is it three? Yeah, three. Yeah, three wins. Come on, man. You go. They're from all, that. They've almost doubled that already. They're five and four right now, and they've been bad for a while. And here's the other thing: is they haven't really been able to run the football. Like, if you actually look at see what's more impressive, is he's been carrying them in that sense. Like, he's had to do what he's done in order to give them a shot in games this year. And so that's what kind of stands out is, is even more remarkable about it. Now, we're going to get comparisons, and everyone's going to say, hey, he, he should have went number one. And look, maybe he should have. Maybe when it's all said and done, if, if this continues, yeah. Like in a rookie year, if you're on MVP, <laughs> in the MVP conversation, then, then yeah, I think you're proving a lot of people that were wrong. Even though I still would say, if you look at Carolina's situation, it's not an apples to apples comparison. I, I think it's a much more difficult conversation with with what the Panthers are dealing with than what the Texans are dealing with. But that doesn't take away, by the way, from what CJ Stroud's done. Like you can still have that conversation. I mean, we were doing the same thing back in 2016 with the Wentz and the Goff stuff. Like early on, it looked like Carson Wentz was the better pick, and then you know, Pennsylvania, Car- three yeah, games I in the season. So like, yeah, I, like people trying to air, almost air out Bryce Young and saying, "Oh my God, what a terrible!" Like can, some places take a little bit more time. Carolina stinks, all right, and they, they've got a lot of lot that they've got to work through. CJ Stroud has been awesome. Like it's it has been really fun to watch and easily the best quarterback in that division. I mean, he's outplayed Trevor Lawrence from the jump. And so just to see that play out and see where they're at, it could come down to a two-horse race for coach of the year. And so I mean, listen, Brady, you can't you can't ride the fence on this. You got to pick. Is it is it KOC? All right, careful Lavar or are we going with D'Amico Ryans to win Coach of the Year? What are we looking at here? What do you mean you can't ride the fence? The season's like halfway over. Yeah, but you got to let's start calling shots here. Yeah, I'm going yeah, Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, I'm going yeah. Kevin O'Connell. You make fun of my voice all you want. I'm going Kevin O'Connell. Well, it's just like, like yeah, you can. Like you don't have to make that decision now. Oh, I'm making it, oh, Kevin God. O'Connell. Okay, you got that, Lee. You get so sensitive. Yeah, make fun of my. Well, it's the way you're saying it. Like you're going. Well, yeah, yeah, you can't. Like, well, no, you can. I just there's no point. Like you could. By the way, I almost feel like they should pick one from each conference because you end up a lot of times missing out on guys who are very deserving of the award, but don't like they're in the conversation. So there's the appreciation, but there really should be like a coach of the year in each conference. I, I think that would be fair, only because I, I get it. There's only one MVP and all that, but. There's still oftentimes you get two coaches that have done a really, really good job, and they, they should be rewarded for it. 
Do you think part of the reason why rookies don't win MVP is kind of like the the Heisman Trophy trying to win it two years in a row? It's almost like it's a knock against you the following year. Because like the guys that are favored to win it over C.J. Stroud, I could argue him against a lot of these guys. Like Joe Burrow is has got better odds to win MVP. Like I think C.J. Stroud's had a better year than Joe Burrow. Like, you can go through, like, Josh Allen. I think he's had a better year than Josh Allen. Like, Goff's on the list, Tua Tagovailoa. Like, there's a lot of players on that list, and I just wonder if, if part of the knock on it is rookies don't normally do it. As we mentioned, we haven't seen it since the 50s, and maybe that's what's holding uh, holding this back from being a possibility. If we're looking well, at generally, it. I, I, I would say on what you're saying, there's some validity to it because you have to almost earn – earn the right to be considered the best, right? So it's kind of like, unless you are just outright, unquestionably, just better than everybody in the entire league during the course of that that campaign, it's more of a setup year. Your rookie year is a setup year. Like you can become a pro bowler. You can even become an all pro, but it's almost difficult to even be a first team all pro as, as a rookie, especially at the quarterback's position and and because it's, it's it's less right you only have one quarterback so it's it's kind of like linemen um you have more you have more opportunities right you have uh, different positions you have more opportunities to get to get recognized at the quarterback's position you don't and it's almost like your rookie year is your setup year or whatever <laughs> it is it may be it's your setup year to say okay yep this guy is the best like Going into his sophomore season, you'll he'll have more of an opportunity to actually unseat some of the guys that maybe not have been more deserving of the award, but their body of work has created a credibility where they'll always get the benefit of the doubt. Can I, can I tell you something unbelievable? Yeah. Yeah. So how, how many games does Kirk Cousins miss now? Three. Is this two? Two, two weeks two. now? Yeah. Okay. He's still top 10 in passing yards. He has 18 touchdown passes, which would be tied for second in the NFL to only five interceptions. He was completing 69% of his passes. Like, when I was thinking of it, <clears throat> excuse me, when I was thinking of a case of, like, like now that I look at the numbers, I would say, statistically speaking, of active quarterbacks right now, C.J. Stroud would be my vote for MVP. <laughs> Like when you compare his numbers to everyone else that's a starting quarterback Everybody. right now, he's got better numbers with the exception, I'd say, of, of Cousins, which is shocking because he's missed two games and yet he's thrown for more touchdown passes, completed a higher percentage of passes, threw for more yards per game in that span. He's missed the last two weeks. So that's, that's the crazy thing. But if you, had, if you had a vote right now of active quarterbacks, like Stroud should be the MVP. 100%. Like just everybody li- like on DraftKings right now, I'm looking through the list. Like Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes are, are the co-favorites or the, are the three favorites at the top. And then you've got Tua, Joe Burrow, McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, Josh Allen, Jared Goff. Man, I, you can argue him against every single one of those guys. Every like, one. I, look, I get it. Tua's got more touchdown passes. He also has more interceptions for that matter. Um, and he hasn't thrown for as many yards, but the reality is like he is right up there in that conversation. And I think we'd all agree too. I'm not saying that, I mean, because we saw last year when Tua got hurt, it's a completely different team without him at quarterback there in Miami, but you can make the same case if Stroud's not there. It's a completely different team too in Houston. Like, I don't, I don't know that they're, they don't have a running record and I don't know how competitive they are. So if you're saying most valuable player, I think he could make a really, really strong case right now. And I think that's the one thing where if you were trying to make a case for Kirk Cousins, like, well, they've won the last two games, even despite the fact that he's missed out on that. So um, maybe you'd say, like, yeah, he's statistically did great, but maybe not quite as valued. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. So we've been talking all things NFL, college football, and um, listen, the game that ended up Sunday's action, you know, was what it was. It was the Raiders and the Jets, and somehow, some way, the Las Vegas Raiders are 500. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me, but Antonio Pierce is now 2-0 and as head coach of the Raiders. Is that the big takeaway from the game on Sunday Night Football, or is it the fact that the New York Jets continue to have ourselves a little bit of a, uh, a, little bit of a problem when it comes to quarterback? Uh, look, I know we want to put it all on Zach Wilson. Um, it's never all on the quarterback. I, I think you know, you know what you have. And kind of what he is, and and I've said this before. When he took over, he's played better football this year. I, I know that's going to stand in the way of how the results have been when he's been starting, but he has played better for him than he, he's played in the past. I just think they have to win in a very specific and style of way, and when they can't play those sorts of games, it becomes a problem. I mean, I, I'll say this much: I mean, the the throw he made at the end, just to be able to get the ball out of his hand awesome. to have a shot at a hail mary. <laughs> Like you see, he his like talent and ability with Crosby like gunning down on him, like bearing that. down on him, and he, like <laughs> has like a sidearm, like fifty yard sling of a throw or whatever. Well, I mean, like that's a special that's special talent. There's just I, I think a disconnect, and, and I'll say this: like quarterbacking is such a, uh, a an experimental position where like some guys just have a shorter learning curve than others. 
You know, some can get in the NFL and kind of adapt to the game rather quickly, like C.J. Stroud's done so far as a rookie this year. And others, it takes time. It takes them an, a lot of reps. And the jump that from where they were to where they're going and what they're asked to do and the changes around them, like all those things impede on some of that growth. So it's – look, he's, he's better than where he was a year ago, but the frustrating part, I think, for this team is, you know, they've – they're not going to be able to win shootouts. They're not going to be able to win throwing the football around. They're going to have to play great defense, run the football, not turn the football over, and, and win tight games. And that's just – it's tough to do consistently in the NFL. Yeah, it just – it feels like – it's got to be so frustrating, man. Like, if you're just thinking, God, the, the defense is there. It seems like they've got it all together. It seems like that, you know, they land Rodgers, and yet here we are. And, and just to deal with the injuries and to see it play out, it like they just can't get in the end zone. Like, they can't score. And and Salah's over there like, man, I, I don't know what else to do. And people can throw out, well, are you going to bench Zach Wilson? Are you going to – is that really going to help it? Like, is that going to help the, the situation? It just it, – it feels like they it just – well, they, it feels like their season, and as much as we want to talk about hope and optimistic that Aaron Rodgers could come back, four plays in to their season, it was over. That was it. And now they're just kind of tr- trying to figure out whatever they can to try and stay afloat with, with some sort of possibility, which just seems to be dwindling as as the season goes on. But how about them Raiders? Yeah. How about I mean, them Raiders? Yeah. 2-0, and Antonio Pierce. 2-0 as Raiders coach. And with the gauntlet they had to just go through playing the Giants and Jets, man, oh, man, he should be up for coach of the year. Well, I'll tell you what. They are going to get a real one the next two weeks, huh? The Raiders are going to go up against the Dolphins and the Chiefs over the next two weeks. That's that, That'll be – I'll say this. If he gets one win out of those two games, don't – I, I feel like you, unless he has some type of crazy slide – where he can't win another game, I, I I think he. I mean, you solidify your your opportunity to be the coach next year if you beat the, you know, the Chiefs or the Dolphins, right? Yeah, yeah. I, would I mean, think, I would think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, still a little bit ways to go, but I I would think that I do wonder if Mark Davis. You know, we talked about this at the time. Rich Passaccia was a guy that everybody loved there. When they decided to move on from him and go the Josh McDaniels route, that did not sit well with a lot of people there. And I wonder if he looks back on that and says, if we got a guy in the house that everybody likes and is it, they're playing hard for, like wh- why go out and make the, the, the splash hire of the big name that's out there when we've got somebody that we can roll with and it's somebody who loves the organization like he does? You know the last Raiders head coach to start off 2-0? Rich Passaccia. Oh, was it Rich Passaccia, really? Rich Passaccia. Right. Passaccia. Passaccia. Well, the other thing that was interesting about last night's game is, like, I mean, the Jets outgained them. They were better on third down. I mean, the Raiders had two turnovers. They they won the turnover differential. Jets only had uh, the the Wilson pick. Like, if you you kind of broke down just based on that, you'd say, yeah, the Jets, like, probably could have, should have won that game in some ways. They couldn't really execute in the red zone. It just feels like when they when, when they need a play, obviously Garrett Wilson's the guy they go to or finding ways to get the ball to Brees Hall. But I don't know, man. It's, it's just it's tough to – they have to play such a tight and almost near-perfect game, I think, each week in their style in order to be to pull out these wins. Why, why were they throwing the ball on that third down when they were trying to – there was a minute and change left and New York had all three timeouts left, and they ran Josh Jacobs and then ran him again. Jets are having to burn their timeouts because Zach Wilson got picked. And then on third down, you would just assume they're going to run the ball again and force him to use that final timeout, and they yeah. threw it. Why? I, I don't know, but, you know, if you're <laughs> – the funny thing is, as we read through the rundown, like the most – the most – I thought – the poor decisions, the most cr- critical you'd be of a coach based on decision-making yesterday was probably Bill Belichick. And we don't even have that on the rundown. Like, <laughs> which is crazy. Like, which is crazy because they're now a, what, a 2-8 and eight team. Yeah. And they play the early game in, in Germany, so it kind of gets kind of swept on the rug. But, I, like, people have been critical of, of Bill Belichick and his power as both a, a general manager slash head coach. This was one of the first instances where I'm like, Wow. I mean, for your coaching staff last year, you hire Patricia as your OC. That's a disaster. 
and a dumpster fire between Patricia and, and Joe Judge. And now again, not saying they're good, they're bad coaches, but just maybe you know keep them on defense, keep them in the special teams, keep them in another different spot. You bring in Bill O'Brien and try to make up for that that issue. This year, then in this specific game, you're down seven three. You've got fourth and goal. Your offense has not moved the football. And you elect in the fourth quarter with 12 minutes left to kick your field goal. A little bit surprising in part because your defense had basically stopped Indianapolis with the exception of basically one drive earlier than Jonathan Taylor touchdown. So if, if you don't get it and they're backed up, so be it. You're going you're gonna to win the field position game. If you do get it, great. You, you go up. You're winning the game now. And instead, they elect to kick a field goal, and you're still down, still need another score. So they kick off. Colts return it out to the 50-yard line. A couple first downs later, they get a field goal. Now they're back to right where they started. It's 10-6. Now you need a touchdown. So I, I just I, I looked at that decision and was thinking, okay, that was odd, and especially in that moment in a world of analytics where it just didn't make any sense, and your offense has struggled to get down there and score. Why? And then the final two minutes – you just throw in Bailey Zappi, and I know people will say, well, Mac Jones, was st-. he wasn't that bad. He was 15 of 20 through a bad pick. All right, like, outside of that, like, that wasn't that bad, especially considering what their offenses looked like this year. And it's not like they've got a bunch of playmakers running around. I mean, Douglas, the rookie, has been the most explosive. They try to get him more involved. But, I mean, I just, it was so confusing, befuddling to see him just throw Bailey Zappi in there. And they showed a shot of them on the sidelines. And Matt kind of goes over to say, like, hey, man, go, go go get it done. Go get a win. And, and you can see Zappi's like, what the hell is this? Like, coming in cold in Germany? And, and here's the thing I can tell you about, like, being a starter slash backup. When you're a starter, if you're giving up reps to the backup, they're probably, like, first, second down reps during the week, if you give up any. Okay? Mostly that backup's taking scout team reps, and, they, and they're telling them who to throw to on the scout team cards because they want the defense to get picks and feel good, right? So if you're the backup, you're surely not getting situational reps. So you're not getting the two-minute drive. You're not getting third down. You're not getting red zone reps. Like those are saved for your quarterback because sometimes you've got so many plays in your game plan, you don't even have time to rep them all. Like you might be just doing some through walkthrough. So you're walking through it but never getting a, a live feel for some of it. And so in the final two minutes, you're bringing him cold off the bench saying, yeah, go win the game. And, and, and of course, like the interception at the end looks awful on the fake spike and throw down the middle of the field. But gonna, what do you expect? Gonna, you didn't prepare the guy. I was going to ask you, how many times during the week do you think they practiced that fake spike interception play? Did if they know? did practice it, I'll tell you this much. It wasn't Bailey Zappi practicing it. He probably had to walk through it on his own or get a rep of it to a receiver who's running routes on air or a spot-up route at some point. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, this is this is the this is one of the first times where you literally felt like this is a dumpster fire. With everything that came out last week and the walk of shame thing that we talked about, to how the season's gone, to the situation with even Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi, like they're pretty comparable players. I mean, Mac Jones obviously had a much more decorated career at Bama. Bailey Zappi was productive at Western Kentucky, but it's not like you're bringing a change up at quarterback like they had in Malik Cunningham, who they cut. Which I, when he was there, I was like, "Yeah, give him a shot." Then, like, he'll give you a different element. He can he can definitely do some things with his legs and is capable as a thrower. And yet they got rid of him. And so I'm like, man, this is if there's ever a time, and especially at the end, and it usually doesn't end pretty in the NFL. It ends ugly for most people. I'm just shocked that it's if it does end, and if it ends this year, the way it is ending for Bill Belichick. <laughs> I wonder how many first time NFL viewers there were in Germany who were like, I want to check this league out. Everybody keeps telling me about it. And then they saw that and were like, uh, let's go get a pretzel and a beer. This, this, this game sucks. And this league sucks. That was brutal. And especially when you go dolphins chiefs the week before you give them that bag of crap in Frankfurt to start off the day yesterday in the <laughs> NFL. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> it's awful. Where's my bear, Minshew Mania? Where, though, where's my bear, <laughs> Minshew Mania? Though, baby, they're fighting the hunt in the AFC South. Like we talked about, the Houston being there. Well, there you are with Indianapolis. They're right in the mix. The Jaguars now are obviously at the top of it, but I mean, they're what a game up. I mean, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tight to see who's able to survive this. 
this AFC South. You know, I had a little bit of a conspiracy theory I wanted to throw at you guys. And Does I, it need music? Okay, well, I mean, uh, potentially. I mean, you know, we'll, 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 we'll see whether or not we've got, uh, you know, we've got oh. the band in studio here ready to play I the... All right, you. so here we go. Oh. Do you think okay. maybe, because we were kind of kicking around and having fun on Friday with the Bill Belichick walk of shame that you mentioned, Brady. Do you think it's a little odd that this just it just happened to come out now? It's from the offseason, from Nantucket, and just now with all the speculation about what his job security is, like do you think maybe somebody uh, with Some the Patriots yeah, might have had to make him look bad? Yeah, might have had that on I mean, the, I, I came away more impressed. I did too. He, he's in his he's what, seventy one? Yeah. He's good for his age. Maybe he's a unit. Agreed. You know? Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> That barrel chest. He does I have mean, a barrel let's, chest. Let's add. Oh my gosh. It does. Let's. let's oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I'm just Look, saying. I, think, I came away impressed. Like 71 looking like that. Still being active. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the animal steel was the first thing that came to mind. To George me, but, Animal you know, Steel. I, I mean, that's just that's just me though. <laughs> you know, Lamar's um, got him eating a turnbuckle. <laughs> he's eating a turnbuckle. He definitely is. Um. I just I just wonder if the, the, the walk of shame was after he left his playbook or his memoirs and <laughs> and the place that he walked out of and now it really, really comes to light that, you know, somebody has stolen the information that made Bill Belichick special, and now he's not special anymore. Uh, it could be. I just I find it for a guy that's so buttoned up, that's all about he's locked in and coaching is everything, that in the year that's his most trying as a coach, that everyone's talking about is his final year in New England, that now this stuff pops up. Just wonder, if, I mean, just wonder if somebody in everyone, New England, you know, had a, had something to do with it. That's everyone okay. needs a slump buster, you know. It's like <laughs> there you go, yeah. <laughs> They Just sure saying, do. You know, trying to get that mojo back. They sure do. Yeah. That is because <laughs> when you lose your mojo, believe me, it's hard. I lost my mojo once or twice in my life before. What it's does it very feel like difficult. when you lose your mojo? It's difficult, man. I'm really life do is this. not the same. Yeah, bruh. <laughs> life is not the same. That's all I'm gonna tell you. Is that you what that what, was though? about? Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.